people said, well, we believe it was his eyesight or maybe a speech impediment or, or something of physical nature. And, you know, the truth is we don't know, and, and it's not important or God would have told us. Uh, what we do know is that it was a messenger of Satan that was sent to buffet him. So whether it was somebody who was saying things about him and uh, was portraying a message trying to discourage the Apostle Paul, or whether it was something that was playing over and over in his mind about some debilitating thing that he had that he seemed to struggle with and feel like he could not serve the Lord well because of it, we don't know. But what we do know is that Paul prayed, the Bible says, three different times for this to be removed. From what we understand of this passage, God did not answer the first time, nor did He answer the second time. It was not until the third time that the Lord answered the Apostle Paul. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Because of the answer that God gave Paul and Paul's willingness to be obedient to it. Look what he answered him. My grace is what? Sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, if we saw Paul struggling with that concept, then we would be in question as to whether or not God is telling him for the third time now. But the truth of the matter is, Paul is absolutely willing to take God at His Word and to be obedient to it. And so we understand by that that it was not answered the first time he prayed. Had it been, he would have been sufficient to, to abide by it at that point. It wasn't answered the second time that he prayed for it. Had it been, he would have been sufficient with it the second time uh, when God told him the same answer. We do find that after the third time, God answers him. There are three things I think I want to point out from, from Paul. We're not going to be very lengthy today. It's a very simple message. But something I think that will perhaps uh, give our hearts hope when we pray. Uh, to keep our faith steadfast when we pray, and to not get frustrated with God. Um, I, I am ashamed in my own life to admit that there have been times that I have been frustrated at God. The truth of the matter is, whether we put it in those words or not, we can all look at periods of times in our lives where we were frustrated at God. I remember times praying for my dad to, uh, for my dad to be healed when he was suffering so badly through the cancer. And I had gotten to the point where I said, Lord, either take him or heal him, but don't let him stay here and suffer. And God didn't choose to do either. And I remember back to those nights in my living room, and I am not proud of some of the discussions God and I had. I, I, I could not understand it. It didn't make any sense to me. And I'll be honest, I got frustrated. A number of years ago, another devastating event took place in my life when my wife left and took the kids. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. God, God heard some things from me that I'm not proud of. I wasn't angry at God. I wasn't bitter at God. But I sure questioned Him a lot. I sure had some thoughts that I'm not real proud of. I remember thinking, Lord, after all that I've done in the years of serving and laboring, and this is what I get. As if God owed me anything. 
He taught me some valuable lessons during those times. I understand, and I think there are those that sit in this room that could relate to similar instances where our hearts have been frustrated with what seemed to be on our side as God's lack of answering. There's something I think that we know in the back of our minds, but we don't let it come to the forefront very often, and that is this. God has everything under control. And while He may not do it in our time, He will deal with it within His will. And He will deal with these things. And I I think there are three things I want us to, to see from Paul today. The first one is that we have the patience to listen. Oftentimes when we pray, we want God to act. We want to do something right now. Paul prays and God doesn't answer. And then he prays a second time and God still doesn't answer. This thing is concerning him. He prays the third time and God finally answers. Can I tell you this? It wasn't that God was late. It wasn't that God was too busy to answer Paul. It was that Paul was being taught a lesson here. God's ways are perfect. and His timing is perfect. And His thoughts are above our thoughts. Remember when Mary and Martha prayed for their brother Lazarus to be healed and God didn't choose to heal him. So much so that when the Lord came to them, they said, Lord, if Thou hast been here, He wouldn't have died. He came there four days after Lazarus had died. The truth is, God had a plan all along, didn't He? He was going to use Lazarus to bring glory to Jesus Christ and to use that event to help people understand that Christ was the Son of God, that He was the one that giveth life, that whosoever liveth and believeth in Him should never die. Oftentimes when we pray, we need to learn to be patient to listen for the lesson that God wants to teach us. If God doesn't move immediately when we expect Him to move, it's not time to get frustrated at God. It's time to be listening. Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? Paul expresses patience here. Had he not expressed patience, he would have given up. He would have finally gotten to a point of being upset at God or frustrated at God because he hadn't answered anything. But he continued to pray. And I believe that Paul would have continued to pray even after the third time until God finally gave the indication of what he was going to do. The first thing I think we learn from this story here is that Paul learned to be patient, to listen for God, to wait for His answer, to wait for His timing, to wait for His purpose to be revealed. I'll tell you, that's one of the hardest things we have in our lives to deal with, isn't it? The lack of patience. Most of the times when we get frustrated, most of the times when we get agitated, it's because we lack the patience. We want something and we want it done now. And if it doesn't get done now, it annoys us. It bothers us. But there needs to be a patience. There needs to be a waiting on God. When we come to Him in prayer, especially over difficult issues, there are things that we need to be willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to wait on You. Your timing. Your event. Uh, your, your working in my life. The, the second thing that I think we find here with the Apostle Paul was when God did answer, he had enough faith 
to trust God's answer and to follow it. Isn't it amazing how many times we pray for something, and when God gives the answer, it's not what we wanted, and we're like, God, that's not what I was praying for. How many of you have been uh, lived long enough to realize that there have been times in your life that God didn't give you what you prayed for, but He gave you what you needed, and you're thankful for that? Looking back, we can see times where I'm thankful God didn't do what I asked Him to do, but He did what was needful in my life. Paul understood this. Notice what he says in verse number 10. He says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. Why does he take pleasure in infirmities? Because God had said, My grace is sufficient for thee. In fact, Paul, if you'll be weak, it can allow my strength to shine through. My strength will be made perfect in weakness, is the way he words it. And we get to verse number 10, and it says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. What are you saying, Paul? I'm saying I'm going to trust God's answer. It's not what I was praying for. It's not what I expected. It's not even what I'm thrilled about. But one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to trust the answer God gave. I think probably one of the biggest problems of complaining in Christians' lives is not being content with what God chose to do in our lives. Paul said this, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Paul said later on in his ministry, he said, I have learned both how to be abased and to abound. He said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Oh, that God would help us to trust His answers to our prayers. They're not always going to be what we're expecting. They're not even always going to be exactly what we've been asking for. But they are going to be what we need. And they are going to be something that is going to glorify Him. Paul says in verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul said, if that's the case, bring it on. I'll take it all. If that's the answer God's giving me, that His strength is made perfect, when I am weak, then am I strong because of Him. If that's the case, I'm going to trust Him, and then I want all this stuff. I'm going to take pleasure in it. Because I'm going to gain something that God has given me as a promise. We need to learn to be patient in praying, to listen for God's answer. And then when the answer comes, we need to trust His answer. God is... Do we understand this? If God loves us the way He says He does, don't you think that He has our best interest at heart? If He was willing to give His Son to die in our place and there was nothing we had to offer Him in return that was of any merit or value to Him, don't you think if He loved us with that kind of love that everything He did in our life, that He does in our life, I'm not talking about things we bring on ourselves, but everything that He does in our life, can we not trust Him that it's for our good? That it is the best for us? When He answers the prayer... We need to be willing to trust that answer. It may not be what we like, may not be what we expected, may not be what we were hoping for, 
But it is something that we can rejoice in and say, Lord, don't understand it, but I will trust it. God told Paul, He said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul said, If that's the case, Lord, then I'm going to rejoice in it. I'm going to take pleasure in it. Why? Because he trusted God's answer. We need to learn as God's people when we pray to trust the answer that God gives. <laughs> I remember growing up and asking my parents for things or, or making a request of them, and it wasn't always what I wanted. The answers were not always what I wanted. And sometimes I'd be frustrated and be like, oh, I can't believe they didn't do what I wanted them to do. And then years later, I look back and I say, I'm so thankful I had a mom and dad <laughs> that saw those things and knew those things before I did as a kid and kept me from things. I'm thankful when God sometimes does things contrary to what we pray for. Because it's amazing to me how often I look back and say, He sure kept me from a mistake in my life. We need to learn to trust Him. We don't know the end, but He does. So let's trust Him as He answers our prayers. And then thirdly, we need to make sure that we understand God is still God, and give Him the glory. Paul, I don't think, fully understood the realization of what God's answer was at this point. But notice what he says here in verse number 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now notice what Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. As he goes on, to down, on down in verse number 10, he says that he's going to rejoice or take pleasure in these things for Christ's sake. In verse number 11, I am become a fool in glorying. You have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended to you, for in nothing am I behind of the very chiefest apostle, though I be nothing. Paul understood that there was a, a thankfulness and a glory that needed to be given to God for that answer to prayer. Whether we understand it or not, we can trust it. And when it comes through, we need, to, we need to say, Lord, thank You for that answer to prayer. And give Him the glory for it. To understand and to marvel that God works and intervenes in our life. God doesn't have to do that, you know. I pray often, and I, I hope it's just never a time in my, in my prayer life that it just becomes a phrase that I use. I am truly moved when I think about the fact that God hears my prayer. And that He, on top of that, answers my prayer. Because I don't know if we, we consciously think of this very often or not. He doesn't have to. There is nothing that He owes us to listen to us. I'm thankful when the psalmist over and over and over again in the psalm says, Lord, incline mine ear. Hear me, O God. Oftentimes, and to know that when he prays those prayers, God says, I want to listen. I want to focus in on what he's saying right now. I want to hear what... Oh, boy, there's David again. He's down there. Oh, I want to hear this. God is intimately involved in listening. When it comes to our prayer, we need to make sure that we are patient to listen for His answer. 
Don't give up just because He didn't answer it the first week you prayed it. Maybe even the second week or the third month or the fifth month or the tenth year. Be faithful to listen until He answers. When He answers, have enough faith in His answer to say, I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to take Him at His word. Whatever that answer is, I'm going to trust it. So much so that I can rejoice in it. And then give Him the glory for that answer to prayer. That is hard to do sometimes, isn't it? Especially when we don't understand. It's difficult sometimes to give God thanks. Paul speaks of this often. He says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your your prayer requests be made known unto God. Rejoice in the Lord always, he says. And again, I say rejoice. He says, give thanks in all things. Over and over and over again, Paul speaks of giving thanks to God, even when we don't fully understand. We need to realize that God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His thoughts are far above our thoughts. And so I want to try to be a help to us today in this area, in these, in these three lessons that I think we can learn from Paul. To help us to where in, in the next few months I don't have to come back to the pulpit sometime and, and share a heartache of another Christian who has prayed and become frustrated at God. To say, I, I prayed and I, I didn't get the answer. Or to say, I prayed and it wasn't what I had prayed for. There are some lessons to be learned here. Be patient to listen for His answer. Be willing to trust when the answer comes that it's the right answer. And be willing to give Him the thanks and the glory and the praise for it when it comes. I hope we don't ever forget that. I wish every one of us would write those three things in the flyleaf of our Bible. I really do. Because I don't know how many times in my own life and in the lives of others I've tried to counsel with and help. We've gotten frustrated at God. And I know we don't like to admit it, but it all happens to all of us at some point or another. We just feel like God didn't hear me. We need to understand these truths. I think there are three valuable, valuable lessons we can learn from Paul's situation here. And so I hope that will be a help to you. I told you to be brief today. So it's brief. Let's stand together. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. We're thankful for the truth of it, the simplicity of it. And yet, Lord, the effectiveness of it. I pray that You'll take the messages we've heard throughout the day today, especially this lesson here in the afternoon on prayer. And Lord, something that in recent days and months has certainly been at the forefront of some things 